Hey, everybody, this is Pete Werner coming to you from the lobby of the Dreams Building, appropriately enough, at the Disneyland Hotel. And uh, I'm joined tonight by two of our three new Disneyland correspondents here on the show, Wendy Bell and Tony Spatel. I just realized your names rhyme. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, Nancy Johnson couldn't uh, uh, join us uh, for the recording session tonight. She had to leave early. But uh, Nancy is is the uh, other Disneyland correspondent that we have for the show. And we're also joined by Mary Jo Mulatto-Wiley, who is one of our uh, Disneyland, uh, who is a moderator on our Disneyland forum on disboards.com. And, of course, Scar 2. And I guess I'll I'll use this opportunity to explain why we're calling him Scar 2. Um, Everybody's been wondering, or a few people have emailed me wondering why on uh, on my Facebook page this trip I've been referring to him as Scar 2. Um, he was given the name Scar after his uh, appendectomy. And then a few weeks ago, uh, his bird, I think you've heard us talk about his bird, Gracie. Uh, he's got an umbrella cockatoo named Gracie. And uh, umbrella cockatoos, for anybody who's familiar with them, are very territorial, and they view their owners as their mate. And uh, Walter uh, Walter started wearing his, his glasses, his cat glasses, his Catwoman glasses. Uh, He's been wearing them more frequently. And Gracie has decided she does not want him changing his appearance. Apparently, she's under the impression that by changing his appearance, he is looking for another mate. So Gracie uh, actually attacked Walter a few weeks ago, jumped up, literally bit him on the lip, and required four stitches to his lip so he now has a scar on his lip hence scar two so i just wanted to uh i wanted to get that wanted to get that little bit cleared up we're going to talk a little bit to wendy and to tony so they can uh, introduce themselves to us tell them a little about themselves we're going to start with you wendy why don't you just tell us uh you know about yourself and about uh about what you like about disneyland Okay, well, I've been going to Disneyland since I was a child. Um, it's one of my favorite places to go. I live about 15 minutes from the park, so I have season passes. Um, it's just a fun place to go on a Friday night or just, you know, whenever we have time for it. Um, for me, it's just seeing all the attractions over and over again. I can do It's a Small World every time I come. Um, but I've been going for so much long, and I'm so glad to be on the show. It's, you know, going to be interesting and fun, so I'm glad to be here. I'm Tony Spatel, and I've been a podcast listener for a while now, and I just wanted to let everybody know, those of you that listen to the podcasts but don't necessarily go on the boards, you have a champion in me, because I am your new podcast person. Um, that's, they picked me, and I'm really excited. Uh, my, I, have a, I have a wife and a child, a seven-year-old child, and we love going to Disneyland because it's great family entertainment. We live about 10 minutes away. And we're both teachers, so sometimes we'll go right after school. But it's a place where my wife, myself, and my son can all enjoy something together that we know is family-oriented and is fun for all of us, not just for the son, not just for the wife, not just for the husband, but for all of us. Cool. Now, Mary Jo, why don't you you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. My name is Mary Jo Mulatto, Willie, and I am, as Pete said, a moderator on the Disneyland board. And I've been going to Disneyland since the early 60s. 
Um, Which is dating herself. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, darn it. <laughs> and um, I have had an annual pass since, I believe, 1995. So every year, my children and I um, spend our days at the Disneyland Resort now. And my daughter and I come more often. And what we like to do is have, she calls it dinner show, come and watch dinner, have dinner and watch the fireworks from the Plaza Inn. And... Um, maybe taking a couple of rides and people watch when we come but we just like the rest of the people here just love Disneyland and sharing our experiences with everybody cool now uh, we're uh, obviously we're, we're, we're out here doing our, our bi-yearly content trip and uh, we've, we've been dealing a lot with uh, the rain uh, this week, uh, one of the things that has been the uh, bane of my existence because uh, we got here Wednesday. This is Sunday night that we're recording this, and Wednesday we had great weather. <laughs> the day we got into town, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today it has rained. Um, so, talking to my Disneyland experts, um, what would you say? I'm going to put you all on the spot here. Um, rainy day activities. This is something that we talk about a lot on the boards on, at Disney World. Uh, what would you guys suggest uh, in terms of rainy day activities? What do you, what do you think is a good thing a good thing to do? We're going to start with you, Mary Jo. Okay, one of the things that we like to do on a rainy day, especially my daughter and I, is we like to go into interventions. Normally, we never go into interventions because we're doing other things at the Disneyland Did you Resort. Just say no, I said <laughs> okay, we'll call you Bob. <laughs> I'm Mary, cha- I'm channeling. Mary Jo Bob. <laughs> oh my gosh, interventions. Sorry about interventions. Sorry about that. Thanks, Bob. Dear, um, we like to go and and take it in every bit of it. Play on all of the games over there and check out all the computers and everything on a rainy day. So that's one of the things we like to do when we come over here. And then in the afternoons, we like to sneak over to the Grand California lobby and have a little drink and sit by the fireplace that's always fun to do on a rainy day they also have the fireplaces outside and or the one fireplace outside and we like to sit out there because we like the rain because we don't get it that often here and we'll sit out there and just chat and just take in the ambiance wendy well, the beautiful thing about being the rain here is the locals do not come to the parks usually on rainy days. So you actually have it to yourself, which is really nice. I actually went Friday night when it was raining because we knew it would be slow. And one of the key things is to try to keep yourself dry would be to go on the Disneyland um, Railroad. So we wanted to go to It's a Small World, so instead of walking across the park, we took the railroad, which will get you right there. Um, another way, too, one of the, my favorite rides in the rain is Jungle Cruise. If you've never taken a night Jungle Cruise in the rain, it is, it is fabulous. So those are things you can do, and there's definitely ways to get around the park without getting too wet. But I assure you, the parks are nice and empty, which is nice. Well, thank you for stealing my answer, what I was going to say. But, um, yes, Southern Californians do not like the rain, so it's the best time to come, especially if you're a local the lines are a lot shorter, so I would just say suck it up, get a poncho. And one thing that I used to not realize was that you actually can bring umbrellas in. And so I see people all over the place with umbrellas. Bring your umbrella, walk to the ride, get in a nice short line, and just deal with the weather because the crowds will be a lot less. Yeah, now we... Uh We've definitely been doing the poncho umbrella 
uh, routine. As a matter of fact, I, I told Walter that wearing those clear ponchos, it looked like a condom. Um, but it, it just, I mean, well, it's been frustrating, particularly for me, because one of the main reasons I wanted to come out here was my new camera, which I left up in the, I had to go up and get the camera. Um, so they could, these guys can see the new camera. I'm so proud of it. Oh, Scar 2 is on his way to get the camera. Um, you should probably get yours, too, so we can take a picture of these guys. Um, was, you know, the, one of the re- main reasons I wanted to come out here was to, you know, kind of take that new camera out for a spin. And uh, obviously, I'm not going to pull it out in the rain. So it's been so frustrating for me because, well, while he's gone, I'm going to move over here. <clears throat> It's been so damn frustrating for me because I, re- you know, like I said, I'm not going to pull that camera out in the rain, but um, it really does. I, I was shocked last night, Saturday night, in Disneyland. Uh, the wait for Indiana Jones was ten minutes, and the and the reason it was ten minutes was because that's how long it takes you to walk through the queue line. It was pretty much a walk on. I've never seen a queue line that long in my life. I mean, phenomenally themed. I'll give him that. But that is one long queue line. It takes forever to get to the right. Does it, but does it actually, I mean, what, what, what should somebody expect to be a normal wait on that ride? Obviously, they're expecting very long waits in Indiana Jones because of the size of that queue. But what would you say a normal, a normal wait for that ride would be? Okay, with, um, without Fast Pass, I would say normally an, an hour. Normal. You guys agree? Yeah, I for sure agree an hour, especially in the, the, the way the queue is in there. You're, you're 10 to 15 minutes, just the walk itself. Plus getting out another 10 minutes as well. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But you know what was great was that because my back was killing me. Just from lugging the camera around, my back's been killing me. And I, my back popped while I was on that ride. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> my lower back never pops. My chiropractor can never, ever pop my lower back. And it popped on that ride. And it felt so good. So it's a therapeutic ride. It was very therapeutic. <laughs> it was very therapeutic. Like tower of terror for that one lady. Tower of Terror for the lady, you know, with the uh, oh, yeah. the stomach. With the stomach issue, yeah, yeah. And you've got the, maybe you can get a doctor to pay for your pass. <laughs> there you go. I can, I'll submit it to my insurance company. Um, now, uh, how, often, how often would you say you guys are in the parks? I come, oh gosh, some months I come every weekend. And sometimes I go a couple of months without coming. But at least once or twice a month. How about you, Wendy? Well, it depends. Some years it's been every week, regularly on a Friday night. Other times it's been, you know, once a month. Um, usually I skip summer. Um, I like to go when it's winter and it's a little more cooler and it's nicer weather to go out here. Tony? We usually come once a week, one of the days of the weekend. We usually show up right when it opens and stay till about 11 before the crowds get big. And you can go on a lot of rides in those first three hours. Oh, yeah. We noticed that, especially early on, early in the day, it's like that's the best time to... Uh, to hit what uh, if you had to pick one attraction neither park that's your absolute favorite which one is it Mary Jo Pirates of the Caribbean I'm with you on that yeah that one's is the the imagination that went into it and plus for here at Disneyland the history um, in that particular attraction it was Walt's last attraction that he was intimately involved with and, and the other things that there are in there and the um the fact that they uh, added some more to it, it's, it's a one of a kind. Nothing, nothing beats it. Wendy? I'm going to have to say Space Mountain. There's nothing about that ride I don't like. Um, it's just fast. It's got the music. And I've been on both the World and the Disneyland one. And I just love the Disneyland one. Yes. 
now, uh, now obviously, uh, since the rehab, the Disneyland version, much different now than the Disney World one. Um, and you still find that comparing the two, there's no comparison? No, yeah, I mean, they're very similar in some ways, but I just like the seat, the seating um, on Disneyland where you sit next to each other versus Disney World is back behind each other. It's like a log ride almost. Um, I just find it's just classic for me here. It's just my favorite ride to go on. So, Tony, your favorite attraction? I'd have to say Indiana Jones because it's the one ride you can't really explain to people. You can't say it's like anything else because it's not. It's like Star Tours? Well, not really. It's like Space Mountain? No, not really. It's just such a unique experience. I just love that ride. Now, have you done Dinosaur out in Animal Kingdom? Yes, and I was disappointed after going on Indiana Jones first. Indiana Jones is a lot more intense than Dinosaur. Fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. I think, uh, well, Dinosaur, I think they toned down after they first opened it. Because I remember when, when Animal Kingdom first opened, Dinosaur was very intense. And I think they got a lot of complaints, kind of like what happened with uh, Mission Space. They just got a lot of complaints about people getting sick, and now you have, you know, the not-so-fast version of Mission Space and the, oh, my God, I'm going to puke my brains out version. But with Dinosaur, they just kind of dumbed it down because they were getting so many complaints. So Now, obviously, this time of year, this week in particular, looks like the crowds here at the park are pretty, uh, pretty low. What would you say the best times of the year to visit Disneyland, if you're coming from out of state, what do you think the best times of the year to visit? Because I know that previous times when we've been here in April or October, the crowds in that park, I mean, California Adventure is a little bit better because it's larger and absorbs the crowds a little bit more. But the Disneyland park itself, you get 20 people on on Main Street and you can't move. Oh, 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 Mary Jo's like, don't be, don't be trashing my Main Street. Um, I love your adorable little, little castle. <laughs> She's like going to lunge at me. Oh, really? No, I do. But what, now what would you say in terms, of, in terms of crowds? What are the best times of the year you think to come? Personally, I would say the first week of December. That's my favorite time to come. The crowds haven't geared up yet for the Christmas um, for the Christmas decorations or the holiday decorations, yet the parks are just magical at that time. So I would say the first week in December, or I would say probably the last week, no, excuse me, I would say the first week in May. The last week of May, beginning of June, you have a lot of school kids coming for their year end. That's not really a great time to come. But the beginning of May, the Easter crowds or the spring break crowds are gone. The weather is beautiful here, and it's a great time to visit the parks. What do you think, Wendy? For me, my favorite month is January. I think it's really slow in the parks. Um, if I was coming, though, here for a week, I would probably not come Saturdays. I would do the weekdays and Sunday. Maybe Saturday you just do something else in California. But I, th- I feel those are the strongest times. Is Saturdays is always so busy here. And then January, it's super slow, and you can get on any ride usually pretty quickly. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that because part of our original itinerary was this past Saturday we were going to go down to San Diego and do Wild Animal Park. But, again, there was rain in the forecast, so we decided to wait until there was a day with sunshine. But I think because of the rain, we were talking about you know, the, the rain driving people out of the parks. We were able to get on everything on Saturday. But I think you're right. Normally, it's the locals. It's the locals that come in on Saturday that, that 
build up the crowds? Oh, yeah, for sure. The the locals, you know, even if you're not a password or what have you, you're going to come on a Saturday because you want to go to as late as possible that night versus a Sunday you're most likely not going to. Um, so I see Saturdays as the day I usually avoid. So I know that's the best day not to come. Um, the rest of the week, though, it's usually pretty slow, on except from the holiday season and stuff like that. Tony, you agree? Actually, I do agree. And I have a sister-in-law who used to be in guest services and told me that she had the crowd counts and Sundays – I hope nobody on the board says I'm wrong, but that Sundays were the lowest, were one of the lowest days to come. So I have to agree that Saturdays, Disneyland is full of locals. Sundays are better because a lot of people are going home. And I'd have to agree January because kids have gone back to school. And I used to think October, but I started to learn that there's a lot of people from Arizona that seem to have some kind of fall break around October and it's not super crowded, but I remember seeing crowds and asking, hey, where are you from? Over oh, from Arizona, we're in fall break. So just a little anecdote to, to help you out. But I'd have to agree, January after Martin Luther King Jr. Day, before President's Day. And our weather was beautiful in January. <laughs> and our weather was beautiful in January. That was Thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> I re- we really appreciate hearing how wonderful it was before we got here. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, now, you know, you were talking about uh, folks from Arizona coming out uh, for fall break. That's uh, kind of similar to what we have. Uh, we call it Jersey Week. Uh, the schools in New Jersey close for the first week of November uh, for a teacher's conference. And that's a real popular time for people from New Jersey. Now, you'd think New Jersey being a small state wouldn't make a big difference. But New Jersey is the most densely populated state in America. Um, so when they have the week off, there is a, a surge it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't really screw up the lines and things like that, but it definitely does spike uh, attendance at, at Disney World. So I think that's pretty similar to what you're talking about. One other thing to think about when you're coming to Disneyland, which I used to not think about, but now having a pass, I see which weekends to avoid, is if you can figure out when conventions are going to be here, because there was a huge music convention a few weeks ago and it was in the paper, and I said, okay, we're not going to Disneyland this weekend because it's one of the largest conventions that Anaheim has. So just one little tip is to see what other conventions are going to be at the Anaheim Convention Center. And if it's a huge convention, that might not be the best time to go, even if it is off-season. Just a little suggestion. Now, uh, being fat, uh, one of the important things to me uh, going anywhere is food. Um, I like to eat my way through virtually every situation, especially now that I use food as a replacement for drugs. Um, So uh, (laughs) one of the things we were talking about this over dinner, uh, the difference in quality of counter service food here in Disneyland versus Disney World with all of us, I think, agreeing that counter service at Disney World was superior to uh, the food here. Um, and, you know, I posted on um, my, my Facebook, one of my Facebook entries uh, last night. Walter and I had dinner at the Plaza Inn, I guess it is, yeah. uh, at the end of Main Street. And we had fried chicken because that was supposedly their specialty. And uh, I described it as being run through a flavor vacuum because it was the worst fried chicken I'd ever tasted. At first, I thought maybe it's because we were spoiled that... Uh, you know, in Florida, we have uh, our, uh, our supermarket Publix, which makes, I'm sorry, hands down the best fried chicken on the planet. Uh, but a close second to Publix fried chicken is the fried chicken served at Trails End, 
at uh, Fort Wilderness, which we kind of overdosed on during our stay at Fort Wilderness. Because every night we were eating chicken and ribs and got to a point where, like, if we see another piece of fried chicken, we're going to, like, explode. I was really disappointed, and I've been very disappointed with most of the fast food options that I've come across since we've been here. So for you guys, you, you guys that spend a lot of time in the parks, where do you recommend, now is a, you know, family coming here with two kids, three kids, um, not going to sit down and have every meal in the Blue Bayou when they're in the park or at the Wine Country Trotteria in California Adventure. Uh, they're looking for something reasonable. They're looking for something decent to eat. Where would you send them? Mary Jo? I would probably send them, if they're at Disneyland... If they're at Disneyland Park itself, I'd probably send them to Pizza Port over in Tomorrowland because they have some good salads over there and they could probably share a... We're big into sharing the plates because their servings are so huge over here that they would probably, we would say, have a salad and a pasta and share that and make that into two meals. That would be probably one of the places that we would recommend. Um, my two favorite places would be either the Carnation Place on Main Street, which has salads and sandwiches, and it's roughly like $10 a plate. And then my second favorite is their corn dogs in both Disneyland and in California Adventure. You cannot ha- not come to Disneyland and not have a corn dog. I mean, I won't touch a hamburger for nothing, but a corn dog is amazing here. As a father of a seven-year-old son who just wants to eat chicken nuggets and burgers... I would. My suggestion would be to go into the hotels to get the chicken nuggets and burgers. They're not the greatest chicken nuggets and burgers, but they're usually a lot better than the one you find in the park. Any of the hotels, the Disneyland Hotel, the Grand Californian Hotel, even Paradise Pier, or even Downtown Disney, which doesn't really have that many, doesn't have burger places, but I would go into the hotels and find some of their... Uh, small snack bars that have burgers and fries because usually at least they're made to order and so if you have a kid that's craving one of those things at least it'll be a little higher quality than the stuff that's in the park now to give people an idea too in terms of pricing you know i I mentioned this last year uh last may when we did our show on disneyland that you know it's expensive to eat out here um it's more expensive i think here for the food than it is in world you have a number of different options in world that you don't have here and the pricing seems to be more reasonable i I can't believe i'm using those words in relation to disney world but in fact i do think the pricing on the uh, counter service meals is better in world um the really one of the difficult things walter and i have found has been breakfast now we do have a car and we could venture off site if we wanted to to have breakfast kind of a pain when we're really trying, you know, we're, I mean, it, it would probably be different if we were, quote unquote, on vacation. But, you know, as Walter will tell you, I, I keep a pretty tight schedule when we do these things. And I'm not into wasting two hours driving out someplace, having breakfast, getting back here and then getting into the park. Uh, we have actually found it comparable. This will give you an idea of the pricing. We have found it comparable to have a decent breakfast by eating, having room service here in the hotel. Um, room service for the two of us. He gets an omelet. I get an American breakfast with toast, juice, coffee. Uh, was about forty-four dollars, I think, um, for a sauce or bacon, egg, and cheese croissant at La Brea with orange juice and coffee. For both of us, was thirty-four dollars. And so I'm saying to myself, for the extra ten bucks, stay here in the hotel and have it. Um, 
if if someone was to venture off site for a meal, is there a particular place you guys would recommend? Oh, Wendy's like jumping up and down. <laughs> okay, it's about about a thirty minute drive, but it's so worth it. Um, in Laguna Beach, there is a place called Las Brisas, and it's on a cliff looking over the ocean. So if you're going to California, that's the view you want to see. And it runs $12 a person. It's amazing. Only locals know about it, so I'm now telling everyone. But it's Monday through Saturday, and it is by far the best. It's just like watching, you know, any of those OC shows. You're, you're going to have that view. You're going to have the experience of California. Okay, and I just have to ask this because, again, somebody from the East Coast, I love Laguna Beach. I think Laguna Beach is beautiful. But I have to tell you, I feel so intimidated going into especially from watching on television you know you know all these like super rich people is it something that you know the the average person is going to feel comfortable are they going to get attitude no not at this place um dinner and uh, lunch is different but for breakfast everybody is coming in their flip-flops and their jeans and it's very a artsy town so it's not as um uppity up as maybe other cities in this area would be and it's an easy route too i mean it's one freeway and then a little highway down to the beach and it's literally right at the end of the highway so it, it's far worth it and you'll get that experience of of seeing the beach at california can you spell that name for us it's Las Brisas, L-A-S-B-R-I-S-A-S. Two words. Two words. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Tony, what do you say? Well, I've just been told I can't say what I want to say because there's two of us that agree, but that's good. So I'll give you my first part, and then um, I'll give you my first part, and then Mary Jo can give you the rest. But we both are going to agree on Mimi's Cafe, which is across the street on on Harbor Boulevard, and it's... If you're going to pay $9 for a burger, you're going to spend $9 there and get much higher quality food. And I'll let her elaborate on it. Okay, as Tony said, Mimi's Cafe is probably a five to seven minute walk from the Disneyland and California Adventure Parks. And it's kind of like a Coco's or Denny's, but it's a couple of steps above them and the quality of food. You can get breakfast, lunch, or dinner there. So I agree with that. And if you're... Although Pete said off the um, outside the Disneyland Resort area, here at the Disneyland Resort area in downtown Disney, House of Blues has a pretty decent dinner that's not too expensive that I would, I would say that families could go there and eat on the patio outside and have a pretty reasonable, I'm talking about $15, $12-$15 for a simple dinner over there. And someone who's been to Walt Disney World... The idea of going off-site, I know, might scare some people that have never been to Disneyland. But Disneyland, the businesses are right across the street. So don't be thinking that you're going to need to take a bus and it's going to take 45 minutes and take the monorail back to your car. You can easily walk across the street, eat, and come back. Now, Disney wouldn't like me to say that, but that's, there's no problem. You are close enough to places where you can walk across the street, eat, and come back. And just to add a little bit more to that, we have a there's a new area called the Garden Walk here in Anaheim that just opened up, and there's a cheesecake factory there. There's Bubba's Gump, there's McCormick and Schmick if you want something a little bit higher. And somebody I heard heard there's yeah there's a sandwich shop, and Tony can talk about that. Well, growing up in San Diego, there's a great sandwich shop that I like better than Subway. Hopefully, they're not a sponsor. I don't think they are. Um, and um, it's called okay, that's good. Then we don't worry about it. It's kind of a joke. Um, sub, it's called Submarina, and it's just a sandwich shop. It's a chain in um, Southern California, and 
you'll get a good sandwich at a decent price if you're trying to save money. Um, so, yeah. Now, Tony, uh, Garden Walk, uh, is that something people can walk to from here, or is that a drive? No, it's definitely a walk, maybe 10 minutes at the most. Um, easy to find from any of the hotels in the area. I'll just add to that. For people who like to walk, it's nothing. But for, there's some people who... Uh, those of us who waddle? <laughs> there's, no, that's not what I'm saying. There's, uh, for, for those there's people who food. might have small children after a long day at the parks, might not want to walk to the garden walk. But other than that, like Wendy said, it's pretty close. Is there any kind of tr- uh, mass transit that would take you over there? or Probably the art. Probably the art would take you there, but you'd have to figure out which route um, would drop you off. And ART is, stands for Ap- An- Anaheim Rapid Transit, right? Correct. Or Resort Transit. No, uh, Anaheim Resort Transportation. Okay, I was <laughs> something along those lines. And that, that just, that's like a trolley that runs around the off-property area right across the street from the Disneyland Hotel. Correct. Or okay. Disneyland P- P- Park. The, the Disneyland Resort, and goes to all the um, good neighbor hotels and some of the restaurants and in in that route. <clears throat> now, one of the things that uh, you hear a lot is that, you know, at most, Disneyland is probably a three- or four-day experience. Um, the average person likes to take a little bit longer than that on their vacation. If you had to pick one thing in Southern California within driving distance of the resort, let's say within 60 to 90 minutes, uh, what would you recommend someone do if with an extra day? Mary Jo. Thank you, Pete. Um, I, they, they are not prepared for any of these questions. I'm really like putting them on the spot. I would think that if this is your first, if this is somebody's first visit, that the Hollywood area would be a place to go check out the Kodak Center, the Grauman's Chinese Theater, drive down Sunset Boulevard, stop at Gladstone's restaurant right there on the in Sunset. Get a prostitute. <laughs> no, no, no. It's really nice. Go to. Excuse me while I push here. Really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice in the sun and the drive down Sunset Boulevard to the beach. You have not been on a marriage tour, I'll tell you then. Um, and then stop at the Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier is cool. Yeah, that whole area kind of gives you a, a view of, of a part of, of L.A. There's the La Brea Tar Pits. And there's also the Grove, which is another nice kind of a shopping area, but it's a good place to go. Um, have a nice lunch at. It's it's not any one theme park, but it kind of gives you a little flavor of what Southern California is like, at least L.A. area. Well, I know for the summer, I like to take the all the massive transit, the trains, to the beaches. So we have extra trains in the summer for, for, for beaches. And so basically, um, you can take it from Anaheim. You can actually pick up a taxi to Anaheim Stadium, which is where the train station starts. You can either take our Metrolink or Amtrak. You could take a San Clemente and spend the day. And actually, San Clemente Beach is actually, the train stops you off at the beach. So you literally get out of the train and you're on the water. So if you don't want to drive our freeways, it's the best way to get around here is the trains. Since this is Southern California, after Greece Windy, you have to go to the beach. And if you want to see the um, Hollywood's version of the OC. You can go to Newport Beach and see all the high-end, uh, the high rollers, and go to Fashion Island where it's a really expensive uh, shopping mall. And then the beach is right down the street, so you can see the beach and see the uh, the Real Housewives of OC or whatever that show is called. Orange but County. Orange County Housewives, yeah. 
Um, so, <laughs> so I would suggest going to the beach and possibly hitting a fashion island or um, South Coast Plaza in Costa Mesa, which is not that far away from the beach either. Or even also, too, would be fun would be to go to TV taping. They're all free and fun. And I've been to plenty of TV tapings. A lot of even online now you can find to be in the, the movies itself. So there's a lot of options out there for you, and they're all free. So just go online ahead of time, and then you have a whole day of entertainment that didn't cost you nothing. One of the other things that we've talked about on the show, um, those of us coming from out of state, uh, I'll speak for myself and Walter, love California Adventure. We think it's awesome uh, to get that. Well, yeah, because we get Tony's like, are you crazy? See, and this is exactly why they're having to spend a billion dollars to re- renovate this park. Um, you guys live the California experience. For us, coming from out of state, you know, it's kind of like World Showcase at Epcot. You know, we don't get to visit those countries, so we get a little taste of them as we go around. So for those of us not from California, you know, it's an idealized version like that what we think California is. Now, I realize if they had a you know, the whole theme park built around Florida, you guys would probably think it was great coming out there, and we'd be like, oh, please. Um, so I want to ask what you think about the expansion plans, the modification plans, good idea, bad idea. What do you think they need to do to make California Adventure successful? Being that Disneyland is such a local theme park, and it's such local ownership, uh, in this, in, in these parks, what do you think they need to do to make that park successful? Well, I think where the challenge has been with California Adventures, I've been to Disney World, and it reminds me of Disney World parks. Um, Disneyland is a lot larger, I think, at least in my perspective, than the parks I've seen at Disney World. It has a lot more rides, a lot more entertainment inside Disneyland. And so when people saw California Adventure, it's very similar to the parks at Disney World, which I, I know the difference. And so I thought, well, it's just like Disney World, but I think that's where they're not used to, where it's just a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and so I just think that the expansion with the cars and all that is going to just give it more of a ride experience because that's where I think where they've been missing this whole time is there's only limited rides in there and it just isn't appealing enough to pay the extra money to go into it. I have to agree with you like I've done the entire taping. But um, it's true. It's like Disney World, like um, MGM Studios, which has a number of rides and people out here in Southern California are used to Disneyland, which has all the rides in one park. And then they open California Adventure, and there's, a f- there's some rides, but we're, ex- we're expecting as uh, locals a lot more rides. I think um, another thing they need to do is, which they, are do- which they have done with a Bugs Land, but there's not enough stuff, I personally think, for really small children. My son's seven. He can go on a lot of things. But for the toddlers, there's the, there's the, the Bugs Land. And then it's, it's kind of the, you know what, Disneyland tells a story, and there's Everything makes sense. In California Adventure, I personally don't think makes sense yet. It doesn't tell the entire story. It tells different pieces of the story rather than an entire, what's the word I'm looking for? Cohesive, a cohesive theme park like all the ones in Disney World, I think, do and how Disneyland does. And I think from what I've seen online about the expansion, it will finally once they do that. Now, it would have been nice if they would have done that 10 years ago, but... At least they're, I think, getting it right now. No, we what well, we understand because uh, we hit, we did the um, uh, the preview center that they have set up, 
and we have some uh, video of that actually and some pictures that we'll put up on the site uh, that the first part of the expansion actually opens the end of this year, 2009. I think they're going to open the, the, the Ferris wheel um, and the Midway. And then 2010, a few more things come online. 2011, some more. And then 2012 is the rest of it. Um, do you think they just got California Adventure wrong out of the gate? Did, that the whole theme idea was a bad one, that they should have come up with something different? Or do you think they were on the right track and they just implemented it poorly? Wendy, I'll start. Oh, Mary Jo, go ahead. Um, they had a great idea at the outset with the California theming. However, because of the lack of budget when they implemented it, they were way off the mark. And the park opened up. It, what happened is the locals here, especially those who've never been to Walt Disney World, only knew Disneyland. So they expected a California version of Disneyland. And we got something completely different with no Disney um, influence in it, so it seemed. And that kind of shocked everybody. And so the people were very disappointed. And so Disney has had to do a lot of work in overcoming the initial disappointment that the locals had. And their major market here are the locals. So in order to do that, just doing one or two attractions, major attractions, wasn't going to appease the the people who live here and who go to both parks so they just they had to really revamp the whole thing well i know when it opened tower of terror didn't even exist yet so i mean there was very limited stuff when it first opened up so i think that's where the whole negativity came from the park but what i do love about the park and once they do do all the changes is the proximity from disneyland to california adventure i mean it's just right across the street so i think once they get the changes done i think it's going to be a more popular park I think the proximity is something that Disneyland has that uh, Disney World does does not have. You can't just simply walk across the street. Whereas here, if you get a park hopper or you have a pass, you could theoretically go to Soarin', get a fast pass, go over to Disneyland, ride a ride, and then go back to um, Soarin'. And it's not crazy, and it's not that much extra walking. So I think the proximity will, will help them, but I do I do agree again. No original thoughts of my own. Um, I do agree that they needed to have more rides. And if you look at the rides that are more popular now, they're ones that didn't exist when the park first opened. I know one of my favorite rides is Monsters, Inc. That was a late addition. And Tower of Terror was a late addition. So I know some of the the Diz communities talked about the um, -the off-the-rack rides that they have there, which as a... Disney fan, that is disappointing. You don't want to see the same stuff that you can see at your school's local carnival, like the big orange chair spinning thing. I know I'm not using the right word, but I think that's what it deserves. Yeah, the orange stinger. But um, as you can see, I spend a lot more time at Disneyland. And as somebody who goes with my son, we'll say, where do you want to go? And we're always usually at Disneyland. And we're waiting for that day when, no, let's go to California Adventure to go on something other than just Soarin' or the Rapids ride. So... I have faith in Disney that they're going to turn it into a park that people will want to go there just as much as they want to go into Disneyland. Cool. Well, great. Thank you so much, guys, for taking time to sit and talk to us today. We really look forward to hearing from you guys uh, over the coming months uh, with your reports. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still figuring, we're still going to figure out how exactly we're, we're going to imp- 
put that into the show, if we're going to do them as a segments uh, as part of the existing show, or if we're going to put together a, a separate show altogether, I think maybe that's what we'll work towards is maybe doing something along those lines. But uh, it, it really has been a pleasure getting to meet you guys and uh, having you as part of our team. I can't thank you enough for agreeing to help us out and share your passion with Disneyland with uh, all of our listeners and people on the site because you certainly know I'm a big fan. And uh, I'm, I'm real, real excited to have, uh, have, this, uh, have this as part of our show. So thanks, thanks to you guys very much. To Nancy, who couldn't be with us tonight. And uh, that'll, be, uh, that, that'll do it for our report here from, from Disneyland. This is Pete Werner saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you soon.